Let's go, let's go, and let's go. Hello, this is Mendeleev, coming at you with the Mendeleev Podcast. The place where you come and listen to us chitty-chatty about all of the different musical things that we do. All the different types of ways that we like to make art, and music, and the process, and the lyrics, or the melody, or the harmony. It doesn't matter, anybody has their own style, so we chat about it. That is what the deal is. And and per usual, I have an awesome guest on today. A really good friend of mine from a long time ago. Her name is Megan Graney. Uh, she is a phenomenal singer, a jazz singer. She's a songwriter. She's dabbled in music therapy and sound healing. Things get heavy in this one. We talk about her own personal grief and swapping stories about trauma. Uh, it was a really cool conversation. I was I was honored to be a part of and and host. So without further ado, this is Megan Grady. Did did Brad did So, uh, do you have experience in, in music therapy at all? No, actually, but I've been wanting to for a long time. Like, I went to yeah. Berkeley for music therapy. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Was that, was that your major that you ended in? Nope. Nope. Because when I went to... When I first transferred there, I met a woman who was like a, a musical therapist for a children's hospital. And she was like, oh, you should come shadow me. And I was like, great. So we went to a hospital. It was near Alston. Okay. Um, and when I came, I was like, I can't do this. I'm like, yeah, traumatic. Way, I'm way too experience. sensitive. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But it was life changing because she did like a circle song. And there were children there with um, <gasps> cancer and autism and a lot of learning deficiencies. So she was teaching them like she would give them little percussion instruments. And it was the one time where there was one kid who had really delayed reactions to stuff. Like I remember I sneezed and like 15 seconds later, he was like, bless you. Oh, whoa. and I was like, oh, OK. But that was like his thing. And then yeah. when we were playing the music, she was just she was just playing guitar and singing. And they yeah. were like shaking their instruments but he was shaking like in time it was the one time where his brain was able to like do stuff in time oh, and not wow. have like a delayed response so musically rhythmically right because interesting during that portion he was like oh i'm hanging and he was like singing in time there really? was there was no delayedness oh, yeah. with like hearing conversation or stuff like that that is incredible. Yeah. But then I, it, I asked her afterwards, I'm like, how are you not depressed? Like, uh -huh. this is a super heavy environment to be in like every day. And she was like, I don't know. I just love my job and I love the kids. Mm. So love helping. It's working out. And I was like, 
I think I'm going to do music business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I can imagine that that yeah. healing, that watching the process of somebody healing uh, could be rewarding enough to counterbalance yeah. and, and get you through the day. For sure. Um, and, and so, okay, so you did transfer to music business. That's what you graduated in? Yeah, and then I did music business management, and then I was like vocal jazz studies, so... As a minor or like just or that was just like the the thing I was focused on. It wasn't a minor. It was just like yeah. the the genre I was kind of diving into right. more and like doing acapella work with other vocalists and things like that. So right, cool, super cool. And then when did you move to Los Angeles? My God, almost seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow, seven in March. That's that's I made it I made it a full seven before I moved to New York here. Yeah, um, seven. But it was a yeah. very like zigzag journey. I was doing like more management stuff when I moved here, um, and just working for film composers on accident. Oh, cool! It wasn't like my intention. It just kind of like weaved in that way. Um, yeah, I had no intention of performing or like writing music at all because i was just <laughs> terrified of doing that um, what that makes no sense wait when did that start <laughs> you're you're an insane writer that's crazy what at what point did you begin uh technically 2020 oh my god technically 20 uh, I, yeah because i i see on your spotify it's like it's strictly yeah 2020 or 2021 is when last... it started coming out and it wasn't until like maybe halfway through 2020, I was like writing more stuff with Mitchell. And then mm -hmm. that was like the the catalyst of like my dad being in the hospice. And then like after he passed, yeah. that's when all this stuff started coming out. And I was like, yeah. okay, now, now we can shift and like focus gears on this. Like, I don't know if I... I've, yeah, I don't tell a lot of people this, but I could tell you because you you won't be like, oh, that's woo woo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, sure, absolutely. I I, I had I, a I, Roe actually connected me with a a medium. Roe Rowan. Roe Rowan. Oh, she's amazing. And yes, like one of the most incredible. People. Oh, I gotta, I gotta get her on here. That's a good reminder. I haven't reached out to her yet. Oh yeah, do it. Uh, um, do it. So okay, so she connected with a medium. Yep, and Sheila, Miss Sheila. I'm pretty sure she's in Alabama, but she's the mm. Southern Belle who is like highly tapped in. And Don and I drove back down from the Bay Area because we were going back and forth between Northern California and here to help my mom take care of my dad. Yeah. And in in the process, Ro was like, I feel like you should probably talk to Sheila. You <laughs> might have a crazy experience because he was in hospice yeah. while I talked to her. So oh. like three quarters of himself was already out of his body. And he like came to her like that. And I had like a live conversation like with my dad, but he was like more so in the other realm than this realm. Uh -huh. And his biggest thing was like, you need to start like making music and you need wow. to start like putting it out. And I was like, 
Okay. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. But it was so, it was wild. It was like one of the most honest conversations I've had with him and it ironically it was through a medium. Couldn't be face to face. It had to be through a third party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. Holy so, heck. That's that's so intense. And, and I mean whatever it whatever it took, I'm so glad that that it got you to start kind of uh, diving into that process. Um, yeah. And so, so for me, when, you know, when my mom passed away, a lot of what happened uh, was that it, it almost like gave some sense of not urgency, but maybe importance to uh, the words that I was saying. And only within myself, I cared more about what I was saying. Um, I, not that in the sense of, oh, I feel like I have something to say that others need to hear. It was more like, this is something that I need to say in, in term, inside of myself. Uh, and I have a, a true intention and reason uh, more than I, I had ever in my life before. Um, not that I was writing sweet nothings for you know years. <laughs> it was just turned into for sure. um, some, some sense of, of, of uh, solitude and and uh, let's see, it turned into a place of validation. Um, and, and oftentimes I think when we lose somebody that, that is so close to us, let alone a parent, um, this really wise dude once said, it's like our parents are actually the buffer into the great beyond. And when, when one is gone, um, that buffer is, is slightly thinner. And For so sure. we, can, we can see farther. Uh, and into this crazy universe um, and is have you written kind of direct songs about your dad if that's if that's too personal you know I understand but no, for that's... me I, I've written songs about my mom and I even did a whole EP called songs for mom I know and it was beautiful by the way and very very heartfelt and moving and all the purple imagery it was just a very well thought out intentional project i was like thank you this is nice we need more of this <laughs> yeah yeah i see you you oftentimes have 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 purple in in uh a yeah. few of your album art like so it goes and everything mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i right. i definitely have a lot of songs that are about they're about my mom's perspective and then also mm. about my dad um mm -hmm recently directly yeah for sure they're not out yet but there's a lot of them have themes of like betrayal and substance abuse and just like some pretty gnarly things i think because he was sick for so long he relapsed yeah. with alcoholism and oh. just went into a yellow phase of like <laughs> whatever I'm going to yeah. peace out. And then 12 years went by and we were like, yeah. you haven't peaced out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yes. Yeah, my, my mom had been struggling half my life. It was about, I think for her, it was about 14 years before, before calling it quits. Um, mm. yeah, and that, that's insane that, that uh, it took so dang long. Um, Dude, yeah, he was like, especially for like heart failure mm -hmm. an anomaly truly 
like yeah we we had been in and out of hospitals since i was in high school so much yeah. that like his nurses and doctors would be like all right tim we're gonna do the usual and see, see you next time <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh that's so intense uh I, and and i you know it's far it's hard to figure out how we handle this stuff or how we like deal with grief in general and it's so um, different because i don't know if it's it's a different process for like you and your brothers or you and your dad but like me yeah. and my mom have had like polar opposite experiences because the way he oh. was with me as a dad was very different than he was as a husband yes. not a great husband great dad yeah. but right, it was right, just right. like a like Waves was one of the songs that I specifically wrote about grief of just like going through different bouts of like depression almost felt like my body was in like hijacked mode. I don't know if you felt the same where it was like, cool, I'm just yeah. I had intentions of like doing all these things today. And then I would wake up and be like, nope, that's not happening yeah, yeah, yeah. It was almost a phase where I blacked out. It was like I was like a walking just body. Sure. Um, and, yeah. And, and a bit hollow in some strange way. Mm -hmm. um, at least, at least at the right at the end there. Yeah. Kind of, kind of leading up to it. Right. Um, maybe not for the full fourteen years. You know, it that definitely came in in waves. Funny enough. Yeah. Um, for your song, was was waves your first single that you put out? It was actually borrowed time, and then borrowed okay. time was basically about like. I think I just started looking like at our bodies so much differently when I was mm -hmm. seeing what it the long-term effects of like disease and illness on someone and what it does to their brain too yeah, of like yeah. whoa you know this is not nothing is guaranteed and mm -hmm. that was one message where i was like okay we need to like learn how to live in gratitude and like be more present because um yeah. i don't know i have a lot of like family that's very stuck Yes, very, as, like, as a, a lot of us do. That's, For sure. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I guess so. So it's fascinating. It's it's really interesting for me to hear that a lot of your your process has been in grounded in experience. Um, you know, for not even releasing anything or writing anything until only in recent years. Um, and, and so I know you're, you're, you know, highly accomplished singer and jazz singer and an acapella vocalist and everything. But at one point you changed to being a songwriter. Uh, and so, so you kind of stepped into the deep end with this experience this life altering experience that that you kind of you went through and and would did you jump right into writing like lyrically because you, you already knew what you were going to be writing about or had you been like journaling for years you know and then that kind of transferred uh it was it was actually like just stuff that would come to me and then i would just write down lyrics Okay. That's actually like my my process is always lyrics first. Like Okay. Kind of right. what you what you said earlier. Um 
with your mom, I think like when I was witnessing everything, like with my dad and then my family and then the dynamics of how people respond when someone's passing and mm-hmm. the drama that ensues from it, because a lot of people get triggered by that. And yeah, I feel like it brings out the like the ugly realness in everybody that everyone yeah, tries to like shit. stuff down. And then you're like, yeah. Whoa, our <laughs> family is a lot, but I feel like everyone uh-huh. is like that on some level because it's yeah. so many different people's experiences trickling in. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. D- death does bring out, bring up so many buried things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably more than anything else in this world. Um, it, yeah, it, I so uh, I was talking to. Uh, Balam on here, who, mm-hmm. who you know, our mutual friend Balam Garcia, whose uh, mom also passed away, and we were talking about how she, uh, he felt like there was this uh, this kind of protection that that wasn't wasn't removed when she passed as much as more internalized. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 integrated that level of protection his mom had into himself and there wasn't like a separation afterwards is that something that that you can kind of relate to at all for sure um i know it's a bit heady but we uh, we went down a rabbit hole i would say weirdly um and this might be harder for people to grasp especially if they don't depending on like their experience with like dimensions but when when he passed like my my life actually got weirdly better i don't know how to say that without feeling a hundred percent absolutely you know it was like yeah um i wanted to make a commitment to like nurture my relationship with him in the other realm because Mm -hmm. the way he was here was just not serving me or my family anymore and it was starting to get so hurtful that I was exhausted. Yeah. Like me and my mom were I exhausted. I see. I see. Gotcha. So it was and, just. And you're also been in this almost like state, uh, as you said, of anticipation for, you know. Yeah. Over and that's why it was like, it kind of felt like if someone tied like a tether to you and then you're on like a cliffside and then they're like, we're going to let you go. No, we're not. Yeah. We're going to let you go. No, we're not. Yes. It was just like this constant. Yeah fake out expectation yeah and like really stressful um consistency of like fight or flight mode and Uh just like um oftentimes having to drop everything i was doing even career-wise like there were times when i had moved here that i had to go back and like it's i'm sorry back where again where are you from where where did you go they're in the bay they're in the bay area near like berkeley and oakland Oh yeah. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Nice. Got you. So that was kind of. I mean, I feel like I have a better relationship with him now mm-hmm. that he's gone yeah. than when he was here. Because even when he was here, um, he got so different after twelve years of just being. I mean, if I thought about it, if I had to stay in a chair in the same room every day. For 12 years. Yeah. That does something to you. Oh, yeah. You kind of feel like a prisoner in your own body. 
And yes, yes, yeah. So it's like he the way he his output was very limited. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't really a good he was kind of neglecting a lot of like nurturement as a parent and then also um the care that I think my mom needed as a wife. He just right. kind of got really identified with his disease, which I feel a lot of people do that becomes like their identity and then it, yeah, it who like, they are. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah and then it just shifts how you. they operate. He he was very into like victim mindset and like Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. And my and dad so you, and so you needed to you needed to help more. That would that would derail your career or whatever kind of wave yep. you were building at the time. Yep. And you have to go. So I think and... subconsciously there was a part of me that knew like I couldn't really pursue any type of like dream goals until he was like physically gone. Whoa. Wow. Is it that crazy? <laughs> no, that no, it makes so much sense. And then and then it's it, you know, it, it totally tracks that you like explode onto the scene with all these amazing songs and 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 beautiful uh um Thanks, uh, love. you know, songwriting. Yeah, absolutely. And then and uh you know, I, I do I am curious at, at to, as to what point the music found its way in because you said you start with the lyrics or you start mm-hmm. with the words and the ideas mm-hmm. um and so is it like kind of you jump right into to a like some chord progression do you noodle around on an instrument or I usually it- i just hear melodies and the melodies just come no way the melodies come and then um usually <sighs> if i go to jealous. mitchell this is like always our like if we we're making a sandwich, this is like the first step. So it's like I'm and oftentimes it's when I'm driving and I feel like that's because your brain's in like autopilot yeah. and then you get yeah, me downloads. Mm-hmm. Especially in Los Angeles. I mean, you're going to be spending hours a day. Oh, my God. Sitting in traffic. So, yeah, mm. might as well just write. Yeah. If you can. <laughs> if you can. I mean, For I, sure. that's, I think, you know what? You're the first one. You're the first one on here so far. Uh about that that starts with melody or, or it kind of trans, mm. translates directly yeah uh, it's not easy for me to do that and it, i know it's difficult for a lot of people so that's very cool thanks because it's always been like i am i am dependent on someone who which is mitchell who's like multi-instrumentalist mm-hmm. of like he knows me artistically so well now that like if i'm singing certain uh melodic lines he knows the chord progressions i want underneath there Mm, and sometimes mm -hmm. like even with borrowed time like i would (laughs) i mean it was like ear training times a thousand i would sing stuff to him and he would just like transcribe it and be like okay these are the chords and i'm like yeah that sounds juicy and soulful and lush and like all the things so for me it was like okay i'm gonna have lyrics and a melody it's always the hook and like a pre-chorus and like i always usually set up a pre-chorus as like a question to kind of trigger thought and then the chorus is like the answer oh nice that's brilliant (laughs) oh i'm I'm so I'm a diehard when it comes to song functionality. Yeah, and, and yeah, and and it you know music theory is 
is uh, is a vague term to me, and I think you know, with, with in, in terms of songwriting, the the structure and the form is music theory, and each section can have their own uh, uh, um, uh, function, mm-hmm. like functional harmony, or like you know, like as as you're doing ear training and transcription, uh, and so like yeah, setting up pre-chorus, simple question and answer uh, is brilliant, is brilliant, and and truly, I believe pre-chorus is to be the the most powerful potential powerful moment of a song it really like can make can make or break a song uh, i'm not the best pre-chorus writer but i am a sucker for a good pre-chorus um, yeah <laughs> i am a sucker for a pre-chorus yeah i you? am i am I, yeah because really, it's like really the do. plane's lifting off the ground you're like oh totally. wait this is where the earworm is coming in and now I'm yes like, now I want to sing to it. I always thought it was important to write songs that people could sing to. Yes. Did you ever? Did you ever take Pat Pattinson? I, or I guess you focused on business. No, I did. Um, um, Livingston Taylor's class. Oh, of course. Yeah. Wait. Were yeah. we in that? T- we weren't in that. T- no, we weren't. No, I was. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, I would have been. I was there in thirteen. Uh, or at least at the beginning of 13, because I graduated in 2013. Oh, yeah. Um, um, 2013, or maybe it was 2012. I honestly can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, what, did you do both of them? You do the one in the red room? I did. You, you know, not two. the one in the red room. I did the one in, um, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, whatever Boylston. that building was. Yeah, Is yeah, it yeah. Mass Ave? The Boy- Boy- yeah, the Boylston one. Yeah, I know that was number one. He he did two, and then he did the one afterwards. Man, he was he was so intense. He would yeah, you know, you'd everyone would be standing up there on stage, and he would walk right up to you and look you in the eyes and say, "You are afraid right now," and and in front like, of yes, everyone. <laughs> yeah, you're like yeah, yeah. I'm feeling terrified now that you're staring at my soul for sure. Uh, you know, he was so valuable for me. I He would oftentimes, well, he would always say, you frighten me, Lev. <laughs> and it would be like, it would be like, well, he had, he had all those takeaways, right? He would say, uh, uh, they'll never accept your passion before they before you uh, allow them to trust you that was mm. that was one thing that i really locked in and his his way of translating trust was through rhythm and so oftentimes i don't know if he did this in your class he would grab people's guitar not me but yeah i've seen him do this to other people he would <laughs> grab their guitar and just like put on a stank face and tap his foot and do like some like super slow groovy thing and then just like sing a very simple line over it very confidently yeah and it it was insane how it was just like as long as you're just locked into the groove everyone could like relax and trust that he everything was going to be okay and so i took that to heart more than any other takeaway in, in his class. And it, honestly, it's been life-changing because I do get crazy and I do scream a bunch <laughs> I and I do just crazy. let loose and go wild. But I've seen people, if it's, it's mm-hmm. too much too fast, or I've seen people get like afraid, you know, or, or, you know, so as long as I'm like really locked in, it, it all it takes is like 10 seconds right. of that. And then they're like, oh, okay, he's, he's good. He's fine. And then, and then they can, you know, mm-hmm. then I could do anything after that. Mm-hmm. I... He did do that, and it was always very 
the the simplicity was always like the the takeaway for me where yes. I was like yes. okay sim- simple is good we love simple, simple. is good and yeah and the other thing he said that struck me was like there was a few because he made everyone sing a cappella too, which is like yeah, just right, 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 terrifying right, right. also in general. But it's like it's it's like a real mirror of like, am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, strip it down. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And that that is something that you're very familiar with, right? Right. And so then he he would tell singers, especially if they weren't accompanying themselves, like you're not even watching how it's landing with people. Yeah. You're not even like making eye contact or like scanning the room or reading the room or like oh, yeah. say your name slow. Like no one knows who you are. Like, oh yeah, right. All these, oh man, they're all coming back now. And I was like, whoa, okay. And then, so now I, I, I do try and make a point if I'm like singing, you're singing to people. It's like, you're connecting yeah. with people. Oh, you're great at that. I, I I love watching you connect with people in that moment when you're singing. Um, yeah, that's that's a great, great, great point. Uh, and it's it could be really difficult in a moment. It you know? can, and, and especially you're when like, you're wrapped up in your own thing. Yeah, and also just absorbing everyone's stuff in the room, depending True. on how um, everyone's day went, or you know, yeah. If, yeah, or if they're like talking or like right. That's also back, you know? like especially I, if we're doing chill stuff, you know. If you're doing like a nice slow <laughs> jazz ballad and so somebody's sure. just talking, for sure. You know, I actually I developed this thing. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it on this podcast, but all right, I'll, I'll tell you. Just it, do it was, cryptic, cryptic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's for heckling. So I mean, for years I've been trying to figure out how I can I can uh, manage people who are just talking. Um, or get them to shut up. And I, I blatantly have like stood in front of a crowd and been like, would you please be quiet? Like I, I've tried everything. Okay. Uh, and you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, and, and you know, if, if I start feeling like I'm getting trolled, I start to kind of troll a little bit mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. and I don't like that side of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I try not to. Um, and so, and so what I started doing recently and it worked, there was this show I was playing down in San Diego and there are these girls in the back that would not stop talking. And this is a so far sounds event. And so, you know, everyone's listening, you know, it's like 70 people really quiet and listening, paying attention. And for everyone's set, they were just like whispering in the back. And so what I did was, or they weren't even whispering. They were just being obnoxious and drunk. And so what I did was I, you know, I do my like oming thing. Right. Um, right. I, I, I like oftentimes start that way. I started that way and everyone's like locked in except for them. And I straight up just like while I'm oming simultaneously, I literally do this. I like put my fingers up and I like say, I see you basically. And and they were just like, oh, and like while the oming is like blah, 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 at their face. And me, like one of them was like, okay, we get it. Like they just, they shut up. They shut up the whole show. It was amazing. It yes. was amazing. You're like the overtones reached the drunk ladies and they were like, <laughs> oops, we know we're being kind of rude right now. I was going to ask you if that, what you do when that happens Uh because it's such a weird experience you mean when somebody when somebody talks or yeah or just like or if it's a mixed bag like you'll have really attentive people and then like in the back you'll have Mm -hmm, those who mm -hmm. are like 
I'm on my own planet. I don't even care. I don't care yeah, who I know. hears me. It's tricky. It's tricky. I, I mean, I try a lot of different things. And, you know, if you have a band or you're doing, I do a lot of, a lot of electronic stuff too. And it's like, it, it, that's all fine. You know, that doesn't matter. But if you're doing a, uh, like a solo acoustic kind of show and you have people talking, it's very distracting. And then you have yeah. like people, I mean, I've had experiences where people, you know, I, I bring 40, 50 people that paid to see me and then 10 people in the back at the bar won't shut up. And it's like, it's like, yeah, it's just, it's so awful. Uh, and I had this experience ex three years ago this week, actually, um, where I did this grand opening of this bar or this, this club mm -hmm. in Koreatown. And nice. it, that exact thing happened and I'll, everyone was paying attention other than this group. And I just like, I just did everything I could. I stood up and I was like, would you please be quiet for this next song? I, like I tried everything and they didn't like I and I, I, I genuinely like it was one of my least favorite shows I've ever played. Um, and I remember afterwards I was like, I'm not going to play a show for a while. Uh, I'm going to like select which shows I do. Mm. Uh, right. And mm. then two weeks later. I got the call for uh, being Ben Harper's opening act. Oh, nice! Uh, in 2020, yes, for his for his whole North American tour, right. and then two weeks after that was March 2020, and everything shut down. Uh, I and remember I lost, that. Yeah. yeah, so so you know things are coming back though. Things mm -hmm. are back. Things are working out. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I tried to. I, I, there's a lot of trial and error with how to get people to be quiet. Uh, the oming thing is my new way, and I tried it again recently, and it works. Um, and I think I learned this from a comedian for heckling. There will be like, there's some comedian, I can't remember who, it's, who, who it was, maybe Bill Burr or somebody. He said that Probably like if somebody Bill is, Burr. He's super yeah. sassy. Yeah. <laughs> he's so, yeah. he's like a bulldog to me. I'm like, I know, right? Oh my, oh my God. God. Yeah. And, and he's probably like, you know, one of the, the best in terms of dealing with hecklers. Mm -hmm. uh, and so he said what he said, what he would do. And I hope it was him. Uh, <laughs> um, somebody, whoever's in the front row, like not having a good time. He basically says that he directs every joke just above their head. And everyone is enjoying it and loving it and having a great time. But if they're unhappy or heckling or whatever, he just shoots the energy, not right at them, but just above right, them. Right here. Right yeah, here. exactly. Oh, and, and my so God. I've started doing that with, with uh, singing. You know, again, it's not like I'm always going to look them in the eyes unless I do that, that, you know, the eye thing, the I'll yeah. point at them. Yeah, it's um, the, the, meet, tried the things meet the parents situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like, no, exactly. I'm gonna kill you if exactly. you mess with my daughter. Yes, yes, yeah. You're messing with my sacred show right now, um, and other people care about this. And you know, it is it is really rude when somebody just won't stop. Uh, and so I I try to do my best these days not to feel trolled and troll back. I I try to just address the elephant. For sure, I think. One time, actually, this was in um, Mitchell and I just did like three songs at Greg's Writers Round in Hollywood. Oh yeah, and oh, then yeah. right at the beginning, like we were going first, and someone's phone went off so loud, like hell of loud, like not even. <laughs> it was like full ringtone, and I just straight up wow. was like, 
If y'all don't turn off your phones, this is mad disrespectful. We are just prepping our butts off in order to perform for you. So please give us some courtesy. Oh, nice. You're serious, Megan. I made it in a way where I was like, we work too hard to like have these kind of things happen. So. Oh, nice. So like, yeah, not even funny. No, it was it was like. It was funny and not like the other artists on stage because he has it Nashville style. So there was like two other people up there with me. Yes, right. They laughed and Mitchell laughed. And I was like, so that my sass came out. But then it was like, everyone's like, oh, okay. They actually, oops. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that room, that room gets, can get a little rowdy. I've played there a few times. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. And, and good for Greg, too. I mean, he started, I remember playing one of the first shows a few years ago, and, you know, there's not too many people coming, and now it's like, yeah, it's a whole scene. It's a um, community, yeah. He's, like, is. one of the few that's, like, trying to make a consistent thing, especially, I feel like, for people who just move here, too. It's, like, a nice way to get your feet wet, and yeah. even for people who just do it... Um, a few times over, it's like nice to kind of see how like new songs resonate with yes complete strangers. They have no yes. clue who you are because it's always different folk rotating right. at the bar. So yeah, that's why that's why I've really loved so far sounds a lot for many years now. Just you know, always an opportunity to reinvent myself or try out new songs. Or uh, oftentimes I'll even start with an Australian accent for like ten minutes. Or see how far I can get. And I usually convince most people. No. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. And, and and it's so fun, you know. It's like it's like you get, yeah, fifty to hundred people that that are gonna sit and listen to you and you can explore, you know, different elements of your personality, new songs, try things out. Hilarious. Um Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um anyways, so so uh we kind of briefly talked about how you kind of go about writing but i want i have more of a a question as we wrap up here as to your your album artwork who and how (laughs) it's so beautiful and it's so cool and each one is so different i mean obviously there's the thread and a theme with with you and everything but they're so they're so awesome and i i do all my own album artwork so i do kind of obsess over this thing oh yeah Um, uh we wanted it to be like a full visual story from like start to finish mm, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do you remember jordan brown from berkeley oh my god of course okay jordan yes sata jordan jordan sata Oh my god, I love Jordan. It's been a long time. Jordan oh, man, is best friends with him. my boyfriend. I see. So they're I homies. See. They're yeah. very close. Um and when we were doing bar time, I was kind of thinking of like symbolic elements that we wanted for like the dove to represent death and like the mirror for like self-reflection and things like that. And then Jordan was like, "Oh yeah, I do graphic design." Just send me some stuff you're thinking about and just like nailed it. Nailed it. Like we took, we took photos and then he just was able to make it into the aesthetic. It's like we gave him a mood board, but he completely like bodied all of that. That's so cool. Yeah. And then waves, um, Koki, who's kind of like a spiritual graphic designer on 
Instagram, we found her. I found her just from like the algorithm and mm, sent nice. her the, the song. And she was like, yes, I'd love to do waves. So we always try and do like a lot of symbolism embedded in the artwork. I love it. Yeah. And then Jordan yeah. also did So It Goes. So. Okay. Yeah. That that one really caught my eye. Yeah. And, just, and that's the most recent one, right? Mm -hmm. He did So It Goes. And then Don's other friend, Sean. Are you, are you only releasing uh, singles or is there an album plan? So far, it's been singles. Let's cool. grab my tea here because <laughs> my voice is struggling today. Oh, dude. Tell me about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I, I totally, uh, I totally get it. I mean, you know, Good us God. with, with lower voices. Dude, it takes forever for them to get warm. It does. It does. Because I've been talking they're about long. this. They're long. I started vocal talking about folds. this at shows because this, this shit is real. I like, like, I know, I don't know if there's real science behind it, but like, no, I is. truly believe no, the is. lower your voice is, the more difficult it is to support. <laughs> uh, like with your diaphragm, with your breath. Uh, it takes longer to get mm. warmed up. Like I always wish I had like a nice airy higher voice. No, to, no, that was easy. Mm -mm. And it's like, no, this shit is difficult. No, I wake up Lev, every day. We're the cellos. We are the cellos. <laughs> well, you you an upright bass. I'm a cello, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like my voice teacher at I went to Sonoma State before Berkeley, mm -hmm. and I had like one of the most classically trained women. She was like, Ooh. you got to do mezzo-soprano stuff. You can do oratorio shit. And I was like, no, I don't want to do Mozart. No I'm always going to be the man in the opera. I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so she told, <laughs> wow. yeah, she told me we can't have voice lessons with you at 11 a.m. Because mo the most of the lesson is going to be dedicated to warming you up. Oh, I love that. I so agree. Because oh, man, she I was, wish my voice teachers knew that. Yeah, and she was like, "You, the way our anatomy is, when you have mm -hmm. a, a lower set tone, your, your folds are longer and thicker. So yeah. it takes way longer for them to actually get moving and like get yeah. that resonance that, especially into yeah. like your, your head voice and all those different registers. She was like, sopranos, it's like short and thin. So it doesn't take them that long to get really warm, but like lower yes. sets. Um, and that's when she said, she's like, just picture your folds like a cello. Oh, cool. And then like oh, sopranos cool. would be like a violin where it's like yes. short and thin. Yes. So yes. she she straight up was like, this is going to be a thing for you for your whole life. You're just going to have oh, to. Oh, man. It's like, it's an it's a real um, it's a real thing. Time that's mind blowing. Thing. I I appreciate hearing that. <laughs> I started I started even trying to talk about this at at shows and just generally how how much more I'm starting to consider my voice to be sacred the older I get. Mm -hmm. Um and how I like I can't even talk to people at bars anymore. No. Nope. Um nope. it's like I could sing all day but the moment I start like talking loudly to a bar it's like Same. it's just gone. And and so I got to be really careful. And so, yeah, I started talking about this with lower voices at shows. And the other night, I played a show a couple nights ago, and and like three three dudes came up to me and they're like, I'm so glad you said something. I thought it was just me. No. Uh, um, I'm glad to hear that it resonates with you, too. Oh, and, my God. It's been a freaking, like, warming up. I yeah. have to do, like, 
a neti pot cleanse to get my nose <laughs> cleared out. Like I will Dude, do let's go. lip trills and humming for a while before I even start like phonating. Mm-hmm. And then and then we 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 go for it. But yeah, it's a nice. it's a beast. It's yeah, it's, yeah, it's a beast. I, I I've been saying it's a wild horse, and I wake up every day to a whole new one, and I have to meet yeah, it where it's at, yeah. and reintroduce myself mm-hmm. and wrangle it uh, as as safely as I can. Yep, and not push it or damage it. And that's the I agree with you. That's the biggest thing. If we're in big public spaces, I'm like, I'm not even trying yeah. to be a diva, but like me shouting loud talking, this <sighs> is gonna be bad tomorrow i'm gonna like i I have a bigger tour this year that i haven't announced yet that i'm like i'm gonna need to like have a uh um uh like a a, notebook a notepad or notebook or like type things or even just a sign that says just put a post-it note on your chest and say vocal rest thank you (laughs) thank you peace much appreciated love you too see you at the merch table (laughs) yeah because um yeah it's a very very different process that's why like if i remember we did like caroling gigs oh my god sometimes they would be like at 11 a.m and i was like geez why why and even even though i was an alto i was like all right we're gonna wake up even more early just to make sure this is like oiled out So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, when I was when I was actually on on the voice, our call time at least for the the, the chair turning part, the blind audition. Oh right. Um, that day it was call time was like four forty five a.m. and and I woke up at three thirty. I woke up at three thirty a.m. and just to like start warming up. I even like physically, I'm, I think I went to like the treadmill or something. <laughs> Uh, and just like try to start getting awake. Believe it or not, I didn't actually sing until like 6 p.m. Oh, perfect. So and you're so like, I'm kind pulling of, an all-nighter. Kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. I, was trying to, I was trying to stay, I was just trying not to fall asleep. People asked me if I was nervous and I was just like looking for coffee. I, like I could not stay awake. Um, I would have been exhausted. I would have been on the floor. I was. I took tried. I took naps, or like, or, or tried was. to at least. We had to like do interviews and stuff. I don't know how much I can talk about, but anyway, it was it was so it was so intense. How much I was just trying to stay awake. Yeah. Um. And and like I was even walking to the stage, like right at my at my time. I was like the last of the first wave, and they come up to me and they're like, "Sorry, the judges. They actually need the coaches need to take a two hour lunch break." Uh. And so I had to like. I was so ready. I mustered all of my strength. And then that happened. I was this balloon that deflated. And, and I was just like looking mm-hmm. for places to hold on to and uh, mm. yeah, and just and stay awake or just need a caffeine. No. Um, it, it was, I was a mess. It was, was a mess. mess. I would have been a mess. <laughs> that is a mess. Oh my God. 3.30, uh, those are for people yeah. who do nursing doctor any hospital work or news anchors who are like yeah, <laughs> let know. me go into the five o'clock showtime and now i'm up at three thirty. those people go to bed at like 6 p.m i know i know get out dude i wish <laughs> i'm lucky if i get to bed at like 1 a.m nowadays yeah that's what um, that's what we do we're i mean i was up to one last night like updating a one sheet for somebody and i was like oh really oh my god <laughs> like, <laughs> oh nice uh, uh, well, I, I do have 
uh, another, a few more actually podcasts lined up today. So oh, I'm going to have to get off. Um, but thank you so much for being here. I, I want one more question here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the hardest one. So, oh. you know, feel free to plug whatever. But what's next for you? Um, The biggest intention for this year is to just be performing and actually play live, play live and connect with people and um, yeah. use the music as medicine. So that's the that's great. That's the biggest thing that we're just trying there's, to. There's no uh, no album planned. It is. It is. Even okay. Mitchell's like, when are we releasing these songs? And I'm yeah, like, yeah. Mitchell Hauser, who we've been talking about, dear friend, he was on the podcast <laughs> House Music. Yep. Um, house yeah, Music Production. Uh, house Music Production. Production. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Great. Thank you. Is there any song uh, you'd like to leave us with here that I could play, um, either from your Spotify or unreleased? Ooh. I mean, you could play So It Goes. All right. You could totally um, play So It Goes. I, I shall play So It Goes. Um, thank you so much, Megan. Thank you, Lev. It's so yeah, good this to is see a blast. you. Great. I'm stoked on this. Uh, and and thank you for just being here, Megan. Thank you for asking um, me. You're the best. You're such a light in this world. And for oh. sharing all of your love and beauty with everything that you do. So thank you. Look forward to hanging and singing when I'm back in the Yeah. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, Megan. Bye.